Thanks for joining us on Stand Strong in the Word podcast with author, speaker, and worldview expert, Jason Jimenez. Stand Strong in the Word podcast is devoted to walking listeners through the Bible in a fresh and powerful way. We pray your spirit is nourished as you gain new perspectives and a renewed appreciation for God's Word. Now, here's Jason Jimenez. I just want to say as we get started, thanks for listening and downloading this podcast. You know, it's a great honor and a joy to be able to be teaching you through the Bible. Now, as I've been mentioning, we are going through a chronological teaching of the gospel accounts here at Stand Strong in the Word. And so what we're going to be doing today is we're going to be jumping right into John chapter 1. And the reason I'm starting with John chapter 1 is because it's known as the theological prologue, or in a way we could talk about the pre-existence of the pre-incarnate Christ. And you say, what on earth do those two words mean? Well, this is important because as I mentioned, as we're looking at the the scope of the, the gospel accounts in a chronological order, John, even though he was the last gospel to be written about the Christology, really about the, the, the life and teaching of Jesus through him as the Son of God, it's important to start there because right off the bat, as we're going to be reading right now, verses 1 through 5 of chapter 1, so if you have a Bible or you can just listen to me read it, John lays out the fact that Jesus existed prior to him coming into the flesh. So that's the pre-existence. He existed before he took on a human body. Now, when I said earlier the pre-incarnate, again, pre-existence, pre-incarnate, saying Jesus existed for all eternity before he came in the flesh. And so that's what I want to talk to you guys about today. And I don't know about you, but I love engaging people on topics, particularly that are pretty out there. Uh, and, 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 and this is one that is certainly out there. This is one of those, those topics in today's discussion on Stand Strong in the Word, where how can Jesus be both God and man? Okay. Now, in one of my books, The Bible's Answers to 100 of Life's Biggest Questions, we answer that question in our book and also offer a video. So I'm going to elaborate a little bit more on today's podcast about the theology behind the pre-existence and pre-incarnate Christ. So God, we just pray that you would teach us, that you would help us. I thank you for my brothers and sisters listening to this podcast. And I pray, Lord, even though we're trying to understand your nature, God, we we pray through the power of the Holy Spirit that we have a clear understanding of who you are through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's hit the ground running here in John chapter 1, verse 1. It says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. All right, so that's verses 1 through 5 of John chapter 1. So let's... Let's look at this word, word, okay, with a capital W. Now, of course, this is the Greek word logos, and John uses the same language that was used in Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, when it said, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, obviously, that was Hebrew. He's writing here in Greek, 
But what it was saying is that he is establishing the same meaning of Logos that was used, which really is Yahweh, the creator. And this creator God who is uncaused, first cause, he is eternal. He created everything to exist. So nothing exists without God existing. Now, the Bible teaches that Christ is of heavenly origin. So later on in the Gospel of John, in John chapter 3, verse 13, it says, No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. So that's what Jesus says. He's existed eternally in splendor and majesty before his earthly birth. Now listen to the words of Donald McLeod, because he develops this thought of the pre-incarnate Christ pretty well. He says, quote, He possessed, that's Jesus, all the majesty of deity performing all its functions and enjoyed all its prerogatives. He was invulnerable to pain, frustration, and embarrassment. He existed in unclouded serenity. His supremacy was total, his satisfaction complete, his blessedness perfect, end quote. Furthermore, the scriptures give homage to Christ's presence and active involvement in the creation of the world. We saw that in John chapter 1, verse 3, when it says, All things were made through him, and without him was, was not anything that was made that was made. Okay, Colossians 1.16 says this, For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth. So John, when he says, In the beginning was the word, is picking up from the language of Genesis 1, 1 through 5 that Moses used in the Hebrew. Paul likewise does that in Colossians chapter 1 and taking the accounts of what the Bible has already taught us about creation. Nothing that's visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. So no, notice how more elaborate Paul is in Colossians 1, 16 then what John says in the beginning was the word. So he expounds on that, you know, that, or excuse me, not verse one, but also verse three too. It says, all things were made through him. All things, what? He says, whether they're, whether they're visible or, uh, or invisible, whether they're thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. Hebrews one verse two says, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things. And notice it says, verse two of Hebrews one, through whom also he created the world. Now, this is significant because it ascribes Christ right off the bat, and this is important why we start with John chapter 1 when we look at this word logos, this creator eternal God, because this is ascribing Jesus as the creator and ruler of the universe. You know, when when the Hebrew people were shouting out in Psalm 115 verse 3, our God is in the heavens, he does all that he pleases, they're referred to Jesus Christ, the second person uh, in the Godhead, in the Trinity. Now, in Jesus' own words, he prayed to the Father. If you remember, John chapter 17, verse 5, he says, Glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. Now, as well as admitting that he came down from heaven in John 6, 38, Paul writes, But when the fullness of the time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, Galatians 4.4. 4. Elsewhere, Paul told the Romans that God, quote, sent his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh in, in Romans 8 verse 3. Now, the elements of this pre-existence of Christ can be communicated in greater detail by examining a few things. 
his self-existence, his eternality, and the theophanies of Christ in the Old Testament as the angel of the Lord. So let me expound a little bit on that. A lot of times you think, you know, you look at the text, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and kind of skim through and move on. Well, no, we're talking about the pre-existence and the pre-incarnate Christ. That's the whole message that John gets out the gate, is, is understanding who Jesus Christ is before you understand his human nature on earth. Because this earth that we live in, this world that we live in, this universe that we live in, was all created by Jesus Christ. Christ. And so that's the point. So when you and I talk about the self-existence of Jesus, we're talking about is that uh, his nature, his divine nature, he's eternal. He's always existed. There's never been a time when Jesus has not existed. So we're going to expound a little bit more, not just on his self-existence, saying that he's not contingent on anything, but he's because he's eternal. And not only that, but there was moments in time prior to him taking on human flesh known as Jesus Christ, um, there were theophanies, meaning there were manifestations, there were appearances that Christ had as the angel of the Lord, and that also bears witness to his preexistence as well. So to say that God is self-existent is to mean that he is the uncaused first cause who exists in and of himself, absolutely independent of anyone or anything. This phrase that we talk about self-existent is a theological word that we use. It's called aseity, which literally means of oneself. So the, the point is that what we're trying to get at when we're talking about Christ is self-existent is that he's endless. Uh, he, he depends on no one for his own existence. He doesn't turn to anyone for power or for advice because he is not only self-existent, but God is self-sufficient. And that's what John chapter 1 verses 1 through 5 is getting at. Now in 1 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 6, it also says, Yet for us there is but one God, the Father, from whom all things came and for whom we live, and there is but one Lord, Jesus Christ. Paul is saying here theologically that Jesus Christ is equal with God the Father as God. There's not two different gods, but there's one God through whom all things came and through whom we live, 1 Corinthians 8, 6. That's what Jesus prayed in John 17. That's what John is saying here in John chapter 1. And that's certainly what Paul said in Colossians 1, 16 through 17. The writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 1, 1 through 3. And Paul saying again here in 1 Corinthians. Thus, Christ is the uncreated creator who created the universe out of nothing. Which leads us to this next point about Christ's eternality. You see, when you look at the opening words that the Apostle John writes here in this incredible gospel, he writes, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You know, John plainly reveals Christ as the eternal Word of God. That's what he's meaning. And it systematically carries the same introduction that, that Moses put for God, the same weight that Moses lays out in the beginning was God right here in John 1, 1 as well. That was the whole purpose and, and meaning tactfully that John lays out. And if you remember, if you recall, when Jesus revealed himself to John the Apostle, this man whom he loved dearly, this and, and, and if you look at John's life, this is a man that stood there, one of the very few stood out there publicly as he watched his not just best friend, but his his Savior die on the cross 
a humiliating, painful, excruciating death. And now he's he's receiving this revelation from Jesus. And Jesus told him in Revelation 117, he says, don't be afraid, John. He says, I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead. And now look, I am alive forever and ever. Isn't that a beautiful picture? You know, John the Baptist, he testified as he came to make a way for the Messiah. He says, the one who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Micah the prophet said in Micah 5.2 that Christ's origin is from old to everlasting. The prophet Isaiah prophesied the Messiah would be the eternal father. Furthermore, the name Jehovah, when you and I look at the word Jehovah, that's derived in scripture. It's repeatedly shared between Christ, God the Father, in the Holy Spirit, which is a strong affirmation of the the eternality because it's derived from the eternal I am. Do you remember in Exodus 3.14 when Moses was like, who should I, should, should I say sent me? And God says, I am that I am has sent you. That is the I amness. This, this, that's the eternality, the self-existence of God himself Jesus used that war, that same word, Imai, to emphasize his eternality. Remember, so John the John the Baptist recognized that before he existed, that that Christ existed. But remember, in John eight fifty eight, when Jesus told the crowd, he says, "Before even Abraham was, I am." That is deriving and declaring the eternality of his of his divine nature. That is just amazing when you put those in context. And so when you and I examine these claims and we are understanding what Jesus is saying, what these other writers of the Gospels are saying, we cannot lose sight of the theology that we have as, a, as, a, as a Christians of the eternality of Jesus Christ. Because when we, start, when we, when we hold to his, his, his deity, we're also holding to his full humanity. And as we hold to his full humanity, we're also holding to his full deity. They don't conflict with each other. They don't mesh with each other, but they coexist mutually and respectfully and perfectly and holistically with one another. Listen to what the brilliant professor and author John Wolverd said in his book, Jesus is Lord, about Jesus Christ. He says, quote, his pre-incarnate works of creation, providence, preservation, his promises in eternity past, the appearances of Christ in the Old Testament, and the many other animations of pre-existence combined to form a massive proof that Christ existed before his birth in Bethlehem. One final note as I close out, I want to emphasize in verse 5 here when John says that the light shines at the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Remember, the same logos, the same weight and emphasis that was used by Moses about God who's existed forever, for all eternity. John uses that here in the language in the beginning was the word for Jesus Christ. But he also takes the light and the darkness and that was utilized in Genesis 1 here as well. But it also has a spiritual in, uh, connotation to it. If you remember the words of Paul, he wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3-6, through six, he says, Even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. He says, In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord. And then he goes down to say, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, notice he says, has shown in our hearts to give the light 
of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. This is a picture of salvation as the entrance of light into the dark hearts of sinners. And that's what John is saying here. So, quick rundown as we're kind of closing out this podcast today. When you and I are studying the life and teachings of Jesus Christ, it's so important that we first try to wrap our limited minds into the pre-existence of Christ because we got to understand before God sends him into the world, and remember we were told that he was obedient to come into the world to lay down his life, that it pleased him to please the Father, knowing full well by offering up his life, he would give an opportunity that all men can come to know him, that if you call upon him, you could become a child of God. And so it was necessary. Now, God the Father and his holiness and his justice didn't need to send Jesus Christ to die on the cross for sins because he was perfectly just for us to be condemned in our unrighteousness. But because of his great mercy, he sends his son. And because of Christ's unconditional love, he came willingly and obediently to lay down his life. And so I hope and pray that this was uh, helpful to you to understand the pre-existence and the pre-incarnate of Jesus Christ. So as we get into the Gospels, we got to understand that he was not just a moral teacher. He was not just a rabbi. He was not just in the minds of the Jewish people that lived then, their Savior. He is the God over all. He is the creator of the heavens and the earth. That nothing exists without Jesus making it possible and declaring it so with the power that he has as the final judge. So wherever you're at, I don't know what you're going through right now. I don't know what the type of sin and the grip and the power that it may be having over you. I just want to remind you that when we read these words in John chapter 1, that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And we're told that he was in the beginning with God and that all things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. That's including you and that's including me as well. You and I are made in the image of God. If you have strayed from that, if you have struggled with that, if you're confused about that, I do pray that you continue to find Stand Strong in the Word podcast a way for you to grow in your faith and to help you not just with knowledge, but to also give you the tools and to give you a proper biblical perspective to how to have a right relationship with Jesus because he wants to have a relationship with you. He wants you to know his word and he wants you to draw close to him. So that is our prayer here. Thank you for listening. Pray that you will continue to listen to Stand Strong Word. And I encourage you guys, share these podcasts with your friends and your family. For more information on Jason Jimenez and Stand Strong Ministries, visit us at standstrongministries.org. Thank you for listening and keep standing strong in the Word of God.